So today we continue our series on forgiveness. Today's message number five in the six-part series. And it's been a long series, but I hope it's been a good, it's been a good series for you guys. Um, as we draw close to the end, there's so much more that can be said and, and, and can be done uh, in the whole arena of forgiveness. Today, just to warn you, there's going to be a lot of content today. Um, and so, uh, you know, just hold on, hold on to your hats, um, buckle up, because, uh, you know, other messages have been more towards the hearts or more interactive. Today is going to be really towards the mind, trying to, trying to um, teach us and show us some things about what God is doing in forgiveness. Um, I also want you to be comfortable. Um, I noticed when I came in today that the chairs here seem to be really close together. Um, you might be sitting in a particular row, and you're like, what are we doing, like flying an economy today or what? <laughs> so if you feel like you need to get to an exit row, um, go ahead and, and move around a little bit. I was like, man, the chairs are really tight today. But with that, um, that has nothing to do with forgiveness, by the way. But with that, let me show you where I'm going today and uh, what the big focus of today's message, and it's the title of today's message, and it's called The Big Goal. It's The Big Goal. And where I'm going with this and what I'm trying to weave all together is that God's big goal, God's big end, is that we would be reconciled to God. And that's the big goal. Like, that forgiveness, as we find in Jesus Christ, that it's for the big goal for us to be reconciled to God. And what I'm going to unfold in this message is that this idea of to be reconciled to God is actually to experience God's great exchange. That to be reconciled to God is to experience God's great exchange. And you'd be like, wait a second, great exchange? But that's, that's kind of familiar. What is, where have I heard that before? That, wait, that's the name of our church, the great exchange. We're the great exchange covenant church. Have you ever wondered why our church is named that? Well, this passage that we're going to look at is going to unfold that a little bit for you. This message I'm going to actually do in two acts. And acts one, the first act, it's sort of like a musical or a play. There's going to be two distinct sections. And so the first act, act one, I'm calling ambassadors of love. Ambassadors of love. That's why I love Tony's t-shirt up here. We didn't even plan this, but Tony, the drummer, he got this nice heart on his, on his shirt. I'm like, oh man, Tony, being an ambassador of love today. That was good. That was good. All right. All right. So with that, our main passage is going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 to 21. This is a massive passage written by the Apostle Paul to the community at the church of Corinth. For the love of Christ controls us, or you might know it as for the love of Christ constrains us, because we have concluded this, 
that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. And then this really starts getting into the meat of what the Apostle Paul is is writing about here. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And here this word reconciliation or reconcile is going to show up multiple times. Verses 18 all the way to the end of our section. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, as forgiveness, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That's the big goal. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay, so this is a huge passage. And if you've got it, uh, we're going to pull it off the screen here in just a little bit because I'm going to show you some other slides with some points on it. But if you have your Bible, you might want to just keep, uh, keep your Bible open to that and kind of refer back and forth. There's so many things that Apostle Paul is doing in here. I'm going to point out, pretty quickly, I'm going to point out three key ideas and then two therefores about what it is to be this ambassador of love. Three key ideas that the Apostle Paul skips through right here, and then two things that he says therefore about. The first idea, the first key idea, number one, it's going to be up here on the screen, is that God through Christ was reconciling the world, world to himself. Now, if you've been a Christian a while, like, you know, you, you, you recognize this, you're familiar with this, that God through Jesus Christ was reconciling the world to himself. That the world was broken, that the world was sinful, but that God reconciled or brought into relationship the world back to himself through Jesus Christ. That's through the forgiveness that we get in Jesus Christ. That's one of these, this is one of these foundational ideas that Paul is building on here. God through Christ was bringing the world to himself, reconciling the world to himself. And then there's a second key idea that he continues to build. Not only was God, through Christ, reconciling the world, but that the love of Christ, this is idea number two, we've got another slide for this, that the love of Christ, as seen in Jesus' sacrificial death, then compels us to love others 
and to pursue his ministry, to pursue Jesus' way of life in the world. That is this ministry of reconciliation. He's made us to be um, ambassadors of this reconciliation. So that not only has God reconciled the world to himself through Christ, but it's through the love of Christ, through the sacrificial love of Christ, that we then, because we experience this love, are also called and invited in to be ambassadors of this love into the world. So we've loved, and so then we love other people. And then the third idea is he talks a lot about reconciliation, which I'm calling the great exchange. And it's that God made Christ, who knew no sin, to take on our sin and in exchange, we become the righteousness of God. Right? That's this great exchange. That's what, that's what uh, Paul's talking about here. That all of our sin, all of our brokenness, the stuff that we do that's just horrible, like, we, we can't reach God on our own. But through the love of Jesus Christ on the cross, Christ took all of that. God put all of our sin onto Jesus Christ and exchanged it for the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus Christ. That's the great exchange. Our sin gets exchanged for the righteousness of God. And that activity then reconciles us to God and reconciles the world to God. So those are these key ideas that he's going through here. And then the Apostle Paul says, therefore, And then I want you guys to get this, because that's happened. So therefore, he says, this is the first therefore, we are then ambassadors of Christ, like official representatives, like like a government ambassador, but carrying the message and experience of reconciliation in our lives into the world. This is our witness, that we are reconciled and loved by God. We carry this message of love, and reconciliation. So the way that we live in the world is we're, then we're reconciled. We're reconcilers in the world. And then his second therefore, which I'm going to build on a little bit, is that if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is reconciled to God, if anyone is in Christ, then he or she is a new creation. You're a new creature. You're a new created being, a physical, spiritual being that is new, a new ambassador, a new representative. Okay, so that's a lot of things. That's a lot of things going on. So let me try to illustrate this with a couple of sort of everyday examples. Um, So when you fly uh, internationally and say you're coming back from, you know, like say you're coming back from... um, like the Philippines, and sometimes we do a mission trip to the Philippines, and you fly back through SFO, and you come through the international terminal. Um, when you come through uh, border patrol uh, and passport control, they've got these different lines that are there. One line says U.S. passport holders, and there's another sign and another line that says foreign passport holders. So if you're born in a foreign country and you hold a foreign passport from another country and you're coming to the United States through SFO, you're foreign, you're born in a foreign country, you go into the foreign line 
and you go through that line, and then the, bus, the border control person, they, they interview you and things like that, and then when you come through, they go, oh, you're visiting the United States? And you say, yes, I'm a foreigner, and they say, well, have a nice visit. But let's say then that foreigner then went through U.S. citizenship class, they became a U.S. citizen, and then they took on and got a U.S. passport. The next time they come through SFO, Border Patrol, Border Control, they don't go to the foreign line anymore. They have a U.S. passport. They have been changed by their citizenship. Their identity is different, and they go to a different line. And they go to the different line that says U.S. passport. But when you come through that line, and I had this experience one time. I came through that line. I showed my passport to the border control guy. And he looked at it. He asked me a couple of questions. Talked about it. He handed me back my passport, the sign of U.S. citizenship. He didn't say, have a nice visit. He said, welcome home. My identity was fundamentally different. And he didn't say, have a nice visit. Have a nice visit visiting the United States. He said, welcome home. Welcome home. You're one of us. See, Apostle Paul's trying to get at here. That when we are in, in, in Christ, we are no longer outsiders. Jesus is welcoming us home. And I also um, kind of had an experience like this um, when I was uh, visiting um, some people at work. And if you work in one of these um, really nice tech companies, like here in the valley, like one of those really nice ones where like you can eat free food, like snacks, free snacks. Um, So when I went to go visit, I went there and I was visiting somebody. Um, I come through the door and, you know, they just don't let anybody go in and eat those free snacks. They like, they block you. They block you. Like I knew behind this really nice receptionist, and behind this glass door, and then like all these security levels. I knew there were some really nice snacks in there. But I come in, and the, the receptionist says, um, uh, basically, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I can't say I'm eating free snacks. So I said, oh, I'm visiting somebody. And they go, oh, well, you have to wait right here. And I go, oh, okay. They called up the person I was visiting. They called them down. And um, I noticed that the person I was visiting had one of these really nice little badges. They were an employee. Their picture and a little badge. Well, I didn't get one of those nice little badges. Eventually, they said, I'm visiting this person, and they had me put my name in, and they printed me out a a visitor's badge. I'm like, okay, well, I have a visitor's badge. Um, But uh, there's a little timestamp on it. Now I'm thinking like maybe that's only good for like, I don't know, a few hours or something like that. Anyway, we went around and he did some things and we talked and I met, I met the person from GRX and we had lunch together. It was really nice. And I got introduced to some of their free snacks. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But what struck me was I am not a member of that company. I'm a visitor. I even got a temporary badge. But like, If I tried to get in there and have access to those free snacks, I'd probably get thrown out or I'd probably get arrested. But if you're an employee at that company and you belong to that company, you're with them, you get a badge. And it changes 
your access into that place of work. It changes your access. And you are an ambassador of that company. You participate with them and you have access. That's what Jesus Christ is saying here. That you are no longer citizens of the world. Through Jesus Christ, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You are now, present tense, a citizen of heaven. And you have access, not to free snacks. You have access to the reality of the kingdom of heaven, which is that we can live with access to the power and the love and the forgiveness of the kingdom of heaven now. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, is a new creature. The old has passed away. The old has elapsed. Behold, the new has come. Our citizenship in heaven is now. Our eternity begins now. Now, sometimes there's Christians who, when they share their faith, they share the story of Jesus Christ, they're sharing this with non-Christians in the hopes that they would get into heaven when they die. I think what the Apostle Paul is doing, he's trying to help us get into heaven before we die. That you are therefore now a new creation right now. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a new creation now, an ambassador of Christ now. And that then changes the things that we're worried about, things that we're concerned about, and it changes even how we understand this idea of forgiveness and reconciliation. I'm going to um, offer a... Uh, a little bit of a reflection question. And then after this, I'm going to show you guys a video. If you thought of yourself now as forgiven and completely loved, your eternal salvation is totally secure, and that you are now an ambassador of Christ with access to the kingdom and the power of God now, how can you express God's reconciling love God's forgiving love, God's exchanging love in the world around you. How could, how could you do that now? How could you live a life in Jesus Christ in freedom, a life that's relaxed, expansive and gracious, patient and hopeful? Because your eternal well-being is already taken care of. You're loved, forgiven, and reconciled to God already. I don't know how you would do it. I don't know how you are going to do it. Um, we're going to show a video of one guy who was trying to practice this. He's in a public place. You'll notice he has a blindfold on. And um, there's a little cardboard sign and it flashes really quickly at the beginning of the video, but it'll, you'll see it again at the end. There's a little cardboard sign next to him. Um, and the cardboard sign reads, free hugs, open to love. It says, free hugs, open to love. The guy, he's in a public area, and he's blindfolded. 
So, see, uh, take a look at this video. So that's the end of Act One, this idea of being ambassadors of love. I want to move into Act Two, and it has to do with these, um, these papers. These are the questions that, um, that you guys came up with a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about forgiveness. And I've um, been carrying these around and reading these and praying through these, and um, I wanted to get to one in the second part of this message because it actually is addressed by 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this passage that we read. And so, Act 2, I'm calling it Questions of Exchange. Questions of Exchange. Um, and, and so here's this question that came up uh, from our community here a couple of weeks back. Yes. Um, what should I do if resentment prohibits me from forgiving? How can I get past deep-seated resentment in forgiveness? Um, and there's some other questions that also came up uh, as well. And sort of framed all around this, and, and the question is essentially up, is up on the screen here in just a sec. It's in forgiveness, right? We're in this season of forgiveness. What do I do with regret and resentment. 
Um, and, and, and what does 2 Corinthians 5 have to say about this, this question? How do I get past resentment? Um, I cannot forgive because I'm blocked. How do I get past either regret that I have or resentment? And so I think these two things, regret and resentment, are really, really true for us. And I think they are very similar. And I say this about regret and resentment. Regret is about me. And regret is about, I can't believe I did that thing. I can't believe I, I was such an idiot. I can't believe I did that. If you were here last week, I, I can't believe I scraped Julie's van alongside that repair truck. It's terrible, right? And regret is like something that I did. I beat myself up over that. Resentment is about the other person. I can't believe that other person did that to me. I can't believe they wounded me that way. And I resent them and I feel bitter towards them. And I replay that episode over and over again because I can't believe how they wounded me. So in both ways, we play this thing, regret or resentment, and it's really deep-seated. And it gets deep-seated because we play it over and over and over again. I think 2 Corinthians 5 speaks to this because it talks about reconciliation and it talks about this idea of exchange. If you did a deeper word study, I'm going to show you guys one word that showed up all these times in verses 18, 19, and 20. And it's the word that's translated reconcile or reconciliation. But it's actually this other word, the original word is katalasso. It's the original word there, and it shows up over and over again. It's katalasso. And what it actually means is it means exchange. It means change. It actually means exchange. It is the great exchange. But it is referring to something more monetary. So if you've traveled foreign country and you've gone to foreign exchange, um, that's what this that's what this term refers to. And this exchange is like, I've got some money from the Philippines, pesos, it's a hundred peso note. The foreign exchange is 50 to one. So this hundred pesos is exchanged for these two US dollars. That's this foreign exchange. That's this word, katalaso, exchange. But in English, it's translated reconcile. And the question is, what gets exchanged? What gets exchanged? Something that we can't use in the U.S. for something that we can use. In God, in reconciliation, what gets exchanged? Well, the Apostle Paul says, all of our sin and brokenness gets exchanged for God's righteousness. That's what he's talking about. That's what the great exchange is. But when I put that alongside resentment, and regret, this is what I think might happen for us and a way to get past resentment and regret. If you walk around with a lot of regret about the things that you did in your past, what I would suggest is exchange your regret for God's love for you. Be specific. God, I regret this thing that I did and exchange it 
and let Jesus take that on. It's learning to forgive ourselves. Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And Father, forgive me too. The things that I did that I regret, let those things also be nailed to the cross. Take those things on. Let Jesus take those things on. And I would also apply this exchange with resentment. What do I do with deep-seated resentment? Resentment that I've held on to for a really, really long time. I would say, be reconciled to God with your resentment. Meaning, exchange your resentment for God's love for you. Exchange your resentment. Turn in your resentment. And so, God will give you in exchange his love and his grace for you. So, how do we do this? And you guys might be tired of me saying this over and over again. I've said this almost every week when we talk about forgiveness, different ways that we experience forgiveness. It's like, be specific. Be as specific as you can with your resentment. God, I resent Pastor Scott because of, and then you put in their sin. You put in my sin, the way I wounded you. Or if it's somebody else, the way that they wounded you. And then you, ta- you let Jesus take that on. You let Jesus take that on. Um, next Sunday, we're going to do something with the cross and um, with nails and with all this stuff that we drag around. Um, if you have resentments towards people, you can't get past because you, you, you can't forgive them. You bring your resentments next Sunday. Because we're going to do something together in worship. We're going to nail in the cross. But as I was reflecting on this, if we give our resentments to God, we give our resentments to Jesus, what we're doing is we're recognizing that the sins that were done to us and the wounds that were done to us were also sins and wounds that were done to Jesus Christ. When someone sins against us, they sin against Christ. And when they wound us, they wound Christ. And it's for all of that that Jesus was nailed to the cross. It's because of their sin against you, their wound against you, that that's the sin and the wound that Jesus himself took on. He took it on the cross so that we don't have to. He took their sin and their wounding on the cross so that we don't have to. So this is this profound idea that we can actually exchange our wound and our resentment and put that on Christ to let Christ take that. This is really hard to get your head around, but I'm hoping that if you can see Jesus Christ himself taking your wound that you experienced, and taking the sin that you experienced, and him taking that on himself on the cross, that that might be able to free you, that you let go of your resentment, that you nail your resentment to the cross, and that the person who you resent, who sinned against you, 
you would see them as sinning and wounding Christ. And that that would help you, that would help us release resentment. You know, here at GRX, you know, we talk about this, like we're not a perfect church, not a perfect uh, pastor. My hope is for us that we would lead people to authentic faith in Jesus Christ. That we would lead people to authentic faith in Jesus Christ. It's more important to be authentic than to appear holy. Do you live with regret and resentments? So do I. Bring those next week. We're going to worship together. We're going to nail this to cross. We're going to participate in communion together next week. Do you struggle with forgiving others? That's why we're doing this for six weeks. So do I. I struggle with forgiving people also. It's more important to be authentic than to appear perfect. Because Jesus died on the cross not for an imaginary projected image of who you are. Jesus died on the cross for the authentic and struggling, honest self that you are. That's who Jesus died for, the authentic, struggling self that you are. So this is the big goal. This is the big goal that I started with. Be reconciled to God. Experience God's great exchange in your own life. That's the hope, that we would exchange our brokenness and our conflict. We'd exchange our regrets and our resentments. We'd exchange all of that junk for God's forgiveness, God's acceptance, God's friendship, God's righteousness, and God's love. That we would be Christ's ambassadors, ambassadors of love in the world. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that it just, it's just incredible that you were the one who took on all of our sin, all of our wounds, all of our regrets, all of our resentments on the cross. God, I pray that we would be a community that understands more and more your sacrifice for us, how much you love us, and that that love might be in us, that we might be your ambassadors, your reconciling agents, your forgiving agents in the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.